Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, February 11th, 2022. What is it about the weather that seems so relatable to our lives? I mean, we think of a sunny day, a bright sunny day, not just as a meteorological event, We think of that to sometimes describe how a day in our life feels, that it's a good day, it's a sunny day. We think of clouds as signs of trouble. We talk about our lives going through seasons, or like we'll talk about today, we talk about our lives going through storms. And so even though today we're going to look at an event that happened in a literal storm, uh, we can reflect on our own lives and think through the, the stormy parts of our lives and really learn how to trust our Savior, Jesus Christ, through the storm. And today we're looking at Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 and 23 through 27, Mark 4, 35 through 41, and Luke 8, 22 through 25. And it's the story of Jesus calming the storm. It's not very long, so let's read it together. We'll we'll focus on the Mark passage. Each one of those three passages tells the, the, the same story, but let's look at it in Mark. It says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so as you think about that passage, you you see uh, the very familiar story um, of Jesus calming the storm and even the familiar detail that he is there asleep uh, in the boat. Now, this is happening on the Sea of Galilee, which again, sea is a pretty generous term. Think of a a lake um, there in the region of Galilee. And one interesting thing, this lake is kind of surrounded on a lot of different sides, really, by mountains. It's down in the Jordan River Valley, which is actually a pretty low point that culminates there in the lowest point on Earth, the Dead Sea. Um, And there's cliffs and even mountains, the Golan Heights region around that. So sometimes the wind can kind of come into that valley and really stir things up there on the lake. And that's clearly what is happening here. And and this seems to be something that's happening at at evening, maybe even nighttime. And and so potential of darkness. And it could be for really a, a very frightening experience. Uh, when I was a student and spent a semester in Israel, um, we had a free day and we were staying on one side of the lake and some of the guys on our in our group, they were going to inflate a raft and row to the other side. And they invited me to come and I said, no thanks. I've heard too many stories about storms on this lake. Um, good news, they did end up making it to the other side. But w- this is a very familiar story. But that's where it's also a very relatable story, not because all of us have been in a terrifying, you know, weather event, but because we can all relate to storms 
in our lives. And there's some truths about Jesus in this story, in this storm, that should help us, um, that, that should help us uh, really understand and apply this story to our own lives and the storms that may come. And so let's look at some of those details. And there's two I really want to highlight today. And the first is that Jesus cares. And that's one of the reasons why I picked the Mark passage because of how the how it's worded what the disciples say in this. They say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So they didn't just fail to trust the power of Jesus in this moment. They began to doubt that Jesus cared about them. They're taking Jesus being asleep in the on the cushion at the stern of the boat as, well, Jesus doesn't care about us. And that's one of the things that leads them to be so afraid. But one thing that the Bible reminds us of again and again is that Jesus does care. He cares greatly for his people. I think of Matthew 6, uh, where, where he's teaching us in that case that his father cares for us because we are of much more value um, than the sparrow uh, or the, the grass of the field. Consider 1 Peter 5, which tells us, us to cast all our anxieties upon him because he cares for you. That is one thing that many people will still struggle to believe. We still often look at the storms in our own lives, look at the trials that we're facing, and we jump to the conclusion, does God even care? When scripture reminds us again and again, he does. Even one of the most common terms we see in the Old Testament uh, is God is described as a God of steadfast love. He is a God who cares. You can trust that Jesus cares for you. And then we see not only does Jesus care, we see Jesus can. He has the power. He stands up and he rebukes the wind and calms the sea just with his word. He has the power. I mean, the disciples even respond, right? Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus has power over the storms in your life too. There is nothing that he cannot do. And so really that's driving us back to why are we so afraid? Have you still no faith? And I think those are really the core things that we often fail to believe. We fail to believe that God cares about us and we fail to believe that he can provide, that that he can help. We doubt these things. When this story should build our faith so that whatever storm in life you're going through right now, you know Jesus cares about me and Jesus can do whatever he wills. Think of Psalm 115, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. He does whatever he wishes. He can. He has the power. So let that build your faith. And what we need to learn is Jesus rebukes them for their lack of faith. Uh, And that's where we need to realize, you know, he's rebuking them saying you shouldn't have been freaking out. Uh, Even when the storm was happening, that's when you were afraid. And that's where we need to understand Jesus isn't always going to snap his fingers, say the word, and all the storms in our life will will disappear. He wants us to learn to trust him even through the storm. And that's where we need, if Jesus is in the boat, so to speak, if our faith is in Christ, 
Well, we can go to sleep right next to him in the boat because we know he cares and he can't. And I hope that encourages all of us as we go through stormy times or stormy seasons in life that even when the storm doesn't go away, we are trusting our faith is strong in Jesus Christ. As we turn now to the Old Testament, we're looking at Exodus 17 through 20 today. And there's a lot in here. Uh, I want to focus mostly on chapter 19, but chapter 17 tells the familiar story of the water from the rock. And again, an example of God's provision, God can. Uh, Chapter 18, we see this story of Moses' father-in-law saying, hey, you're working yourself to death. You need to delegate some of that responsibility. And we learn some good wisdom from that. But then in chapter 19, we now see Israel arrive at Mount Sinai. And then in chapter 20, we'll get into the Ten Commandments, uh, which again are pretty familiar. But chapter 19, we see some pretty serious things. And even that's something I want us to to highlight, just as God calls Moses out from the mountain, as as Moses goes up to God in verse 3 of chapter 19, he says, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell to the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And so there, a couple of things I want to highlight is as he calls them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, that rang some bells in my mind of 1 Peter 2, where that is said about believers. And while I don't think it's a good idea to start understanding, well, that the church has just replaced Israel in God's plan, we do see some similarities there. We see those same languages used, and we can see in these pictures in Exodus really things that we should understand even about our role as believers, this idea that we are priests and a holy nation to God. And so in all of this, we see, well, we should seek to keep God's commandments. We should seek to keep God's covenant, not because that earns our salvation or makes us God's people, but because God has made us his people, that we want to honor him. And even that we take God seriously, as we see some of the things in this chapter don't even come near the mountain, right? We Don't just view God. Well, God doesn't care anymore. God was a stickler for the rules in the Old Testament, but he's not anymore. No, he commands us, be holy for I am holy in 1 Peter 1. Now, some of the ceremonial aspects of that have certainly changed for us in the church. But even then, as that leads us into chapter 20, we should be looking at these Ten Commandments saying, God, if this is your will, this is what I want for my life. I want no other gods before me. As we look at the commandments that drive us towards our relationship with God, I got. I don't want to take the name of the Lord in vain. And then, even thinking through some of these later commandments, even in the terms that Jesus taught us to think about them, what we recently read in Matthew chapter 5, you shall not commit murder. God, I don't want to commit murder, and I don't even want to hate or be angry. God, I don't want to commit adultery, and I don't even want to look lustfully at anyone else. Um, God, that that 
that would really be the desire of our heart, knowing we are a holy nation, we are a kingdom of priests to our God, and we want to honor him with how we live our life. And even just consider as we close the words that the disciples say, the, the wonder and even the fear they have at the power of Jesus. And even just these things we've talked about, the, the seriousness of God and even our desire to keep his commandments while also considering just the compassion of God. These are not at odds with each other. They go together perfectly. So may we look at this great big God, and again, both in Jesus calming the storm and in the the, the thunder and the cloud that we see here in Exodus, we see the power of God. May we trust that power for God, but may we also trust that he cares for us, um, you know, even that he has made us his own people, the act of grace that is, and let's learn to trust God, to trust Jesus Christ through the storm. Thanks for digging into God's Word for me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.